You are listening to The Mother Good Podcast, episode number six. Today we're talking with Pam and Jillian, a mother and daughter duo who are the founders of the Faith and Family Collective, which creates resources that empower families to gather intentionally. They believe in the power of a family and are all about intentional living. Now, what is intentional living, you say? I actually wondered that myself before our conversation with them. It seems like it's a buzzword that a lot of people like to throw around these days. Live more intentionally, be present, and all that jazz. But what does that actually mean? What does it mean to be present in every moment of the day? Does it just mean that we focus on the task at hand? You know, if we're doing laundry or the dishes, or we're playing with our children, or, you know, does it mean we can't daydream or something like that? I didn't really know much about what it meant to live intentionally until after our conversation. And since then, which was about a month ago, I've actually implemented all of their tips. And I've just noticed such a big difference in my own life personally. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you so you can have the opportunity to listen in on their practical tips for how to live intentionally. In this episode, we share and laugh over family stories. We talk about what a family mission statement is and how to create one. And we talk about how to do more of what your gut tells you you should be doing instead of what you think you are supposed to be doing, plus much more. You won't want to miss this episode filled with practical tips on how to live more intentionally and be more present in every moment of your life. Pam and Jillian have generously offered 15% off for all of Mother Good listeners with the promo code MG15 at their shop, www.faithandfamilycollective.com. So without further ado, here is our amazing conversation with Pam and Jillian. Welcome to Mother Good, where we strongly believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. I'm your host, Emily Carney, and I'm so happy that you are here. Our conversations are positive, practical, authentic, and judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. If you are looking for a meaningful motherhood community and ready to thrive, not just survive, you are in the right place. Mother Good is a nonprofit organization funded by our generous donors. If you like this podcast, please consider joining them at mothergoodco.com slash give. Jillian and Pam, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having us. We're really excited. Tell us a little bit about uh, who both of you are. So we are actually mother-daughter. Um, I'm Jillian, and this is my mom, Pam. I <laughs> have been born and raised in Orange County. Um, I actually have lived in the midst of ministry my entire life. So I actually have been the youth minister, so working with teenagers uh, for the past four years. And now more recently, my mom and I have started this new venture, this new ministry, new business uh, called Faith and Family Collective full-time. So I'm super excited to be doing that with her. We're just excited to kind of be on this new mother-daughter chapter together. My name's Pam, and I have been doing a lot of work with families for forever and ever. I mean, I really, literally, almost forever. And I, um, I was just thinking as she was saying that it's funny because I had started by having these um, before and after school daycare centers in eight schools, uh, and this is years and years and years ago. And it was just when the word daycare was first coming out. So <laughs> I have watched families change, the dynamics change a lot. 
um, in, 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 um, in um, servicing families and then also myself in raising a family. And it's just been really a ride to see how the family has developed in a lot of different ways. So I also speak and um, I'm just all about supporting moms, especially and parents um, in the most important work they will ever do, which is raise another human being. And I think we want to cheer for you, but, and we also want to challenge you um, and inspire you. And I think that's part of our kind of life's mission. Well, what really struck me uh, is what, when you said that you've seen how, you know, daycare has evolved over time. I'm kind of curious uh, what exactly that evolution looks like from your perspective. I would say when I first started doing um, before and after school daycare, and we were doing it out of schools, out of eight different schools that we were doing it. And there was such a push at that time for mothers to work, you know, and so that was kind of, uh, I mean, that was the beginning and lots of single moms and also lots of moms that, um, you know, wanted to have a career and then moms that needed to have a career, you know, with just, you know, the recession and a lot of different things that were happening in the economy also. And I feel like we have swung a little bit to, I, I, I think there is definitely, I don't want, I don't know if I'd call it a movement, um, but of, of trying to stay home. I mean, I would say that more and more moms are seeing that that time is so short and so important that if there's any way to be able to somehow work that into your finances and your life, which sometimes isn't possible, um, but they're taking advantage of that. And I see there's also kind of a swing also looking at what is important. And I think a lot of that, too, with the technology and the phones, things that just came natural, you know, we have to decide we want in our homes and in our families. And so that, that intentionality, and I think what it is, is the moms I'm talking to, they were kids that were in homes where things was, were still a little bit the way they kind of were. And so I see these moms who are you know, juggling phones and juggling and there's something, you know, wanting to eat dinner together and going, dang it, I know we can't do this, but I know we still have to do part of this right now. I really think is a critical time because I also think that this generation of moms is going to really kind of set a path for, for moms to walk, you know, kind of keep walking in. So. So it sounds like, uh, that moms these days are in this generation, uh, that they, you know, even if they are working, they're still trying to fit in that intentionality that you mentioned. Would, yeah. would you say that that's accurate? Yes. I think we all have a truth in us, a, a woman's gut. And, and I think we're, we're made, you know, for mothering. So I do think that through all these ebbs and flows that women still kind of cling to what, you know, what feels right in us. And, and I, I just always tell moms that is so important, like listen to that gut. I mean, listen to that gut. If you're out 75, you know, hours a week trying to, you know, and, and you're like, I can't even talk to my kids, listen to that gut, you know, whatever that is, because I just feel that is our truth that there, that's somehow written in us through our own legacies and through the women that raised us and all that. Yeah, I definitely really agree with that. I mean, I've noticed too that, you know, in different articles that I've been reading lately that this generation of, you know, moms and dads that, 
you know, for us, it isn't so much as making the most amount of money that it has been in previous generations, but it's more of, you know, finding that work-life balance and spending more time with your family and that the work-life balance is more important than, you know, the bottom dollar and making the most money. You know, I'm, I'm an attorney myself and I've read articles of even attorneys who take big pay cuts, you know, both men and women, just so they can spend more time with their family. So yeah, so I, that, that really rings true to me. I think we have to keep telling that story to each other because sometimes, you know, when we're thinking like, I want more of that or it doesn't feel right, you know, is to, you know, just your story. I mean, just what you're just saying that about your being an attorney and you, you know, and whatever you have to, you know, look at, you know, what is your life work balance and, and, and what is your, you know, what is the major work of your life that you want to produce and bring to fruition, you know? Mm. And so sometimes I'll say that I feel like as moms, we spend a lot of times kind of in maintenance, you know, just, you know, da, 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 you know, get them there, do that. And that. But, um, but in the midst of that, we also need to live in mission. And so when we kind of define who we want to be as a parent, what, um, we want that to look like what our goals are, what our vision is, then um, in the midst of the messiness and the maintenance and getting through the day, we make sure also to have the conversations that inform and develop our children. Yeah, definitely. And I noticed that you mentioned finding your mission and having your mission. I think that leads really well into discussing what exactly is intentionally living. That's a nice buzzword to say, but just as you were saying, you know, a lot of us moms, especially are just running through the day, just trying to get from point A to point B, trying to make sure we don't have stains on our shirts and our kids look somewhat (laughs) presentable and have snacks and all that. So maybe can you talk a little bit about what exactly is uh, intentional, uh, intentional living as you described it? Um, Honestly, I feel like sometimes that word seems a little like overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, intentional living. I must not be doing it right. (laughs) Um, But honestly, we kind of define it as just really putting like a family focus and really kind of being present. Um, And that can be in car rides and at baseball games and at home and at a dance class together, whatever it is, Um, yet really trying to bring that intentionality, that presence, that meaning and purpose is what we mean by intentional living. I guess giving things a little bit more purpose, going deeper, um, and really spending time together as a family. I think simple things like, and this is something that has just been sort of intuitive to me, but as I've been around other moms, I realize that this is a, an actual skill that I'm really glad I have. Okay. So I have a lot. I'm not glad I have, but I'm glad I have this one. And just, you know, let's say it's your daughter's birthday. We sing happy birthday. That's going to happen. Okay. I mean, that's just a part of, you know, a tradition that happens every time we get together. What if we start something where we don't just, we sing happy birthday And then we all go around and say one thing that we absolutely adore about the birthday girl today, you know, something that she brings to our family, something we can't live without something, you know, so it's, it's a moment we're going to be in regardless. Okay. We're going to find ourselves in, but, um, but bringing it to some intimacy and to, and to some purpose and a deeper meaning is another opportunity that we have in so many moments. And 
so many times I think, and I have been so guilty of this also is, you know, setting up these beautiful tablescapes or whatever it is, you know, and, and then somehow being so stressed out in the moment that I've sort of missed the birthday part, you know what I mean? That I've sort of missed actually um, celebrating. And I remember like one of my favorite stories is I have this, um, this girl that her name is Catherine and she had two small kids and she um, had just finished this Hugh, her and I had been working on something all weekend long speaking at something. And she was just, and she had been away from her kids for the weekend. And she was like, I got to go back. And her kids were like, I mean, I think they maybe at the time, we're like seven, four, and two. And she um, says, you know, I got to go home. I'm going to see him, blah, 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 blah. And so I just decided later that day, I would leave her a message and say, great job this weekend. I hope you're having a great time with your family. She happened to actually pick up the phone. And I hear like all the screaming and yelling. And I'm like, what is going on? Where are you right now? I'm like, and she goes, I'm at the Orange County Fair. And I was like, <gasps> I mean, I just literally was like, oh, my God, why? Okay. And so I said, why would you be at the Orange County Fair right now? I mean, you've been through, I mean, and then she said, well, because today's the last day and we haven't been yet, you know? And so I said, okay, here's the deal. I said, you are just seeing all these Instagram pictures of people at the fair. Okay. And you're, and you're not seeing the bottom of the picture. Okay. Which is what's happening in your car right now. And I just told her, I said, oh my gosh, Catherine, I hear your car and I hear you. And I'm telling you, turn around, get a box of popsicles and turn the sprinklers on. And, and you will have the night you want to have right now. Yeah, that's such great advice. I yeah, I can completely relate to that because sometimes you have this idea in your head of what you should be doing and that really clashes with as you were saying what you know, following your gut and what your gut is telling you, you know? So, you know, your gut may be telling you, "Hey, you know, I just want to be in my backyard, have some popsicles and turn on the sprinklers, but then you're thinking, oh, I have to live up to this ideal or whatnot." Yeah, that's that's such a great example. Uh, I, I would really love to go over some other, you know, tangible examples for our listeners, because at least for me, uh, you know, I love the idea of intentional living, but just, just when you were talking about the birthday party and mentioning one thing that we're grateful for, for, you know, the birthday girl or boy, you know, what are some other tangible examples that we can do in our daily living? Cause I mean, just me, when I'm driving around in the car and I'm thinking, okay, be present, you know, cause I'm just trying to get from point A to point B, but I don't really know what that is. You know, I'm just trying to think, okay, be present. Okay. <laughs> this is great. And then I, I, I don't know. I just kind of talked to my daughter saying, oh, are you enjoying the ride? Is this fun? I don't know. Is that, is that like, is that intentional living? So I, yeah, I would really, I don't know. Maybe we can go over like <laughs> at least maybe three examples. So we can just get a better idea of how to implement this because I, I truly want to do it. Um, and I, I need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I think any conversation is awesome. However, I do think that there might be, I guess, better conversations, but I feel like even car rides are such an opportunity to dig a little bit deeper. And even if you have young kids kind of asking them their opinion about something or their perspective on something, even just fun questions, silly questions, um, but that kind of create this family um, intimacy and kind of this family culture of being able to share and to connect and to open up. Um, I grew up in, I guess, an intentional family. It was not perfect. Let me <laughs> make a disclaimer. Um, but it was awesome. 
I also have a brother who is three years younger than me. And I do feel like my parents were able to really instill in us um, the importance of family time. So anything from a random game night and super simple, like a fun new board game, we randomly pick out at Target, bring home and learn it or cards or whatever. Um, But just being able to sit and um, turn the lights down and light a candle and laugh hysterically (laughs) at whatever the game is. But I do feel like kind of in the midst of what we were doing, I was a dancer. My brother played baseball. We got home late at night. I mean, I feel like it resembles a lot of families that are kind of operating right now. And yet I still do think that my uh, mom and dad were able to, I don't know, just carve out time. I feel like they made a decision that that was really important, um, that they really wanted to kind of instill that value in my brother and I. Um, So much so that I think... (laughs) It's funny. We still have game nights quite often, probably more than any other family. Um, but just because we like being together, like we love being together. And that has meant a lot in crazy ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we just look for, I mean, we just, if there's an escape room, if there's a, um, you know, foot golf, this new <laughs> thing of golf, the Frisbee golf, mm-hmm. I mean, to carve time out just for us. And then also our bigger family and friends and things like that. But those memories and, and, and that those traditions have been the glue that now have, you know, really knit, knitted us together, you know, really knitted us together. And I think a big thing when your kids are younger um, that I loved was a bedtime routine. And I really felt like that, you know, just to be able to have a space to end your day, you know, and, um, And I used to just do a simple blessing on my, you know, my husband and I just, you know, be still and know that he is God, you know, just say a small scripture every single night over your kids or, um, and, you know, it's funny because I tell the story about when my son, who is not sappy emotional, (laughs) okay, and is and went to (laughs) University of Oregon, okay, and um, a real kid, and he I remember he probably was there maybe about a month and one night, you know, he just texted me and, you know, you know, mom, be still and know that he is God. And I don't know if you know, do you know about hygiene? Oh, yes. Yeah. I recently (laughs) heard about that. Yeah. It's like what the Swedish or some Scandinavian (laughs) country way of relaxing and creating great relaxing environments. Yes. What like furry rugs, candles, yes. Yes. lights, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all the pillows on the t- couch and everybody kind of jumping in them. I mean, it's funny because I had not too long ago, someone sent me a picture on my phone and it was from a while ago. And it was probably from when these guys both were still in college and they were home together for college. And someone had snapped a picture of us and um, we were all on our couch and it was myself, my husband, um, my son and my daughter and our dog. And we are just cracking up laughing. And, and I remember I saw that and instantaneously. I was like, (gasps) and all I thought was, Oh my gosh, why didn't I do that more? I wish have, I would have lingered more. I wish I would have, you know, and so sometimes what happens is one other example is like, I am always trying to connect with my son 
who is, um, is, is super into sports, you know, and so I do these crazy things like whenever there's a big game or, you know, I cook, you know, Pinterest food and, you know, I mean, I'm like, you know, we sit and watch the Super Bowl and, and we will be sitting there just, you know, cracking up, talking, whatever. And then I'll find myself, you know, like going, oh my gosh, if I get up right now, I could do three loads of laundry. If I get up right now, you know, and sometimes I have to tell, tell myself like your job right now is to sit and listen to your son. I just had a similar conversation with a good friend of mine. We were just talking about, you know, the differences in our personalities and whatnot. And we are just saying how, you know, sometimes it's just really hard to say no to doing certain things. My friend was just telling me that she, you know, she can't relax if the dishes are dirty, if every, if, you know, if the house is a mess or whatnot. So I I guess a part of, you know, the intentional living, it sounds like is you just have to let a few things go, at least like temporarily, it sounds yes, like, right? Yes, just temporarily. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I'm not saying like you have to let your whole house yes. go to waste, but I mean, how, I guess, do you have any tips for managing all of that? Because it seems like if you don't really stay on top of it, just going to be a never ending cycle, you know, of like clean, clean dish, dirty <laughs> dish. And I don't know. Do you have any tips for making yourself feel better if you're just going to say, okay, I'm just going to sit here for 15 minutes and breathe and enjoy this moment, even though there's toys are everywhere and dishes are piling out of the sink? (laughs) I have moments where I think about like when I'm in the midst of a summer, like right now, and if I'm a mom, you know, mom and I have a seven-year-old, I might think like, oh man, I got 11 more summers. I just, I got 11 more summers, you know, I think they say that if you took a, a thing of marbles mm-hmm. and, and you filled it from the moment you had your child until, until, um, they moved out to go to college. So until high school graduation, it was a thousand weeks Wow, and weeks. I know. And so sometimes I just have to say to myself, like it's going fast and then notice and, and, and allow, you know, take the time. Maybe sometimes, I mean, I hate to say this because everybody's on different things, but it's just like, maybe I'm going to buy, not buy clothes this month and get a cleaning lady for one day. And, you know, or what, you know, something to help in the pursuit of just a more peaceful environment for me to live in. Um, but it is hard. I mean, cause there's always going to be more stuff to do. There is always, always, always. always going to be more stuff to do. There's always going to be feel like it takes a decision. Yeah. Really? I mean, of course the dishes are going to build up and those have to get done. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. But I do think that in the long run, uh, just the consistency of giving your kids, giving your family that intentional time, will make all the difference and kind of remembering that and deciding that just will have such a huge, huge impact on your family. And I do think that another just, you know, kind of a time suck and not because it is a part of community, but is that dang phone, you know, and just how we have no time except a whole half an hour will pass. And we've just looked at other people's lives, you know, and we haven't cleaned our dishes and we haven't talked to our kids. And, you know, so I, I guess that's a place I would start too. is, um, is just trying to be more disciplined. Cause I just do see that, you know, it's just kind of crazy. Like when I go 
you know, so I've gone to pick up times at schools and stuff like that. And I just, you know, I see all these moms that are not even talking to each other. They're looking at what somebody bought at Target, you know, instead of being with the women that have kids in their class that, you know, that are friends of their, you know, raising the kids that their kids are hanging out with and stuff. And so anyway, I get, I mean, I know that that is a piece of, um, time that is kind of, you know, that we have, maybe we could look at, we could look at, I mean, I think there's probably a little bit of time there. Yeah, definitely. It really resonated when you said that, you know, you'll remember the times that you spent together because as you were talking, I was just reflecting on my childhood thinking, you know, did I, do I really remember dishes piled up in the sink? (laughs) I don't really remember that. I remember, you know, the times we went to the mini golf course or went to Disneyland or had a game night or something like that. Those are the moments that I remember. I never think, oh gosh, my mom never did the dishes that night or whatnot. But I think it's definitely harder on us moms, you know, to have to let go on our chores and everything. But I guess when you guys were talking too, um, what really resonated uh, was that it sounds like that we need to live with a big picture in mind and then also take time to reflect, you know, because if we're constantly having our face in our phone or keeping our minds like just hyper busy. We never really have that free moment that you're talking about where we need to make that decision saying, okay, am I going to take 10 to 15 minutes, you know, and sit with my kids or, you know, build a fort out of pillows or, or whatnot. One of my biggest advices, which is so simple because people are like, don't tell me to do more. And I'm like, no, I'm going to tell you to do less. You know, I'm going to tell you to do less. Like I just, you know, was talking not too long ago to um, a dad who had um, a dad and a mom. They have three or four four kids that are under like eight and their daughter was signing up for soccer. And, you know, they were saying, man, I just don't know if soccer is the right decision for us this year. Like it's just kids are having a meltdown. She's trying to practice. You know, he was trying to say to me, you know, I don't know how we can not do soccer though, because everyone's doing soccer. She's going to miss a season. She's going to get so far behind, you know, and these are the funny things that as you get older, as a parent, you hear, and you just think, okay, eight-year-old soccer, it did not matter. Okay. But, um, anyway, I saw him a couple months later somewhere. And I said, you know, Brad, I said, what happened with, um, soccer? I said, did you sign up? And he said, you know what? We actually made the decision just for our family for this season to not play. And he said, and he said, we beat, beat each other up so much. Um, I beat myself up so much until the first Saturday that we didn't have a soccer game and we went on a hike together and he goes, and then I never thought about it again. And so that gut, that piece, I mean, I just feel like internally, especially as women, I just feel like we sort of have that temperature. We kind of know what the family's feeling like. And I just think instead of, you know, pushing it to exhaustion sometimes, you know, because of something we think we have to do, you know, we have to, I I say sometimes to moms, we have to call in something called common sense, you know, and I think it's gotten away from us a little bit and just to really kind of just go, gosh, you know, I mean, do I need, you know, what, what is that about? Why am I, you know, so stressed out to have so much going on that, you know, I am frantic and, and we're raising kids that are anxious and depressed. And, you know, I mean, these are all pieces of, I think a problem that is kind of happening. So. 
I'm so glad that you said that you're telling people to do less because even as you said that, I just breathed a very deep (laughs) breath. Yes, that makes me feel so much better because, you know, when you do do less, then you have the time, as you were saying, to go on that hike, you know, just as that dad who chose not to do the the soccer for the season. It's yeah, it's, it's really hard. I feel like to balance, you know, as we were saying earlier, you know, trying to do what everyone else is doing or what you think you should be doing versus what you know, and what your gut, as you, as you've been saying, Pam, you know, what your gut is telling you to do. I really like that a lot. I wanted to ask you guys too um, to talk a little bit or to talk a little bit about your gathering boxes because I know that you you run this faith and family collective and I just think your gathering boxes are so beautiful and okay. I really want to hear how they can help guide families for some more intentional living other than you know the activities that you've been mentioning and the outlook of you know doing less in life. Yeah, so the mission of our gathering boxes is to really empower families to gather intentionally. So what we've been talking about, each of the gathering boxes, they each have a different kind of a focus, a different theme. One is all about celebrating both the ordinary and the extraordinary moments in the life of a family. So everything from celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, but also to celebrate kindness and courage and a season of waiting and Mondays. And we really give you everything you need inside of each and every box. So you don't have to go to Hobby Lobby or Target or the grocery store. Everything is included to kind of give you more time to um, gather intentionally. It's all there. Another one of our boxes is all about um, writing and creating a family mission statement. So kind of what my mom was talking about earlier, kind of deciding your mission as a family, um, kind of getting out of maintenance mode and more into mission mode. It includes 15 different cards with a different theme. So talking about your family stories, some of the good ones and some of the challenging ones. Talk about your family values. Decide on a family scripture verse. Talk about the gifts each of you bring to your family. But it really is about what makes your family your family. And then kind of writing that down on paper and really claiming that as your own. It's a really powerful um, exercise. And there's like different... And I really, I cannot say enough, like that would be one of my big pieces of advice as an older mom, but is about this idea of mission and, and just to, to try to sit with the people you parent with, um, that spend a lot of time with their kids and to kind of, you know, just say, what are the values I want in my kid? You know, what, what, what do I want to grow? What do I want to grow? And we did this exercise when my kids were in high school. I remember um, my, you know, they're four years apart. I think one was a senior, one was a freshman. And one night I said, you know, we were at home and I said, every, I want everybody to write down four things that are important to her witches, like four things we each would say are important. And so I gave everybody a pen and a paper, don't look at each other. And then we opened them up and um, shared and all of us had, um, humor, humor, because my husband and my son are wickedly funny. Okay. And that is a big piece of us. And, and then we all had faith because that's a big piece of us. And then the other two were kind of all over the place. And I remember saying to my husband after like, dang it, we could have rigged this thing. You know what I mean? If we had been talking about this when we had our hand on the root more, um, we could, it would have just been boom, 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 you know? 
So I just really think that idea of mission and kind of knowing what you want to grow is just a, 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 I wish I would have done that more. Go ahead, sorry. I agree. Okay. Um, so we have um, a mission box that's all about that. And then um, the last box that we currently have right now is called the prayer plate. And it is all about um, kindness and empathy and really developing that and modeling that for our kids. So you actually invite a guest for dinner, not a real person, but someone who becomes present through conversation and prayer. And it really gets you to kind of just talk about how other people live and kind of bringing up just this concept of awareness and solidarity and kindness and empathy. And each and every one of these boxes are forever. Like it kind of starts a new family tradition, a new prayer practice in your home. Um, a lot of them have actually been modeled off of what we've done, like as a kid and growing up in my childhood. And we kind of put pen to paper and we felt like it was really powerful for our family. And we wanted to spread that and empower other families to do the same. We're also trying to, um, and you know, if you visit our website to have workshops also for moms, we did one at Mother's Day and it was all about taste and see the goodness of motherhood and um, Mother Good Co. Okay. And, um, and, and so we had people come. And so John and I talked a little bit about um, our relationship, mother, daughter, and mothering. And I talked about mothering. And then we did a whole taste and see thing where we had, we talked about the different flavors of motherhood, that motherhood can be sweet. It can be bitter. It can be spicy, unexpected, and it could be um, savory. savory. And so we had, you know, a piece of cheesecake. We had a piece of spicy jack cheese. We had um, macaroni, macaroni cheese, really cheese, good mac savory. Cheese, yeah. We had, and then we had a thing of cranberry relish bitter. And and so we had the, the mom sit and talk, uh, take, try, sit and try. And they had a little piece of paper and they had to write down moments of their motherhood um, that have been that they never want to forget that have been savory, you know, and oh my gosh, the conversation these women had, cause it would just be instantaneous. We would, you know, just somebody would say something like, oh my God, my kid texts me from college today. And everybody would go, oh my God, the sweetest, you know, and then, you know, oh, you know, it's potty training, you know, oh, I, the older moms were saying, okay, sweet. And the younger moms were laughing. They're like, how could you think that's sweet? But the older moms were like, that moment that they get out of the bathtub and they put on fresh and, you know, pajamas and just, we are providing workshops and things for, for women to come out and kind of get in talking and remembering and maybe be called into this intentionality a little bit. So you can go back into your home just a tiny bit different, you know, a tight, we call it a greenhouse that we can take you into this greenhouse and set the temperature and fluff your um, leaves up a little bit so that you can go back out to your soil and be a little stronger. I really like what you said about motherhood, having the, all the different flavors. I think all moms <laughs> can really relate to that. Uh, because one thing that I've noticed is that it, it seems like there's two types of moms, you know, one that is always complaining and then the other that's always sugarcoating everything and you can never really get a really well-balanced mother. Um, you know, and then any, I feel like any mother can be either one, you know, at any moment of the day, myself included, you know, so it's like, you know, one moment it's, you know, the yes. one that's 
upset or just frustrated and the other one that's saying, oh, motherhood is the best and whatnot. So um, I'm just curious too, uh, Pam, uh, I know that you're uh, a mother and Jill and you said not yet, um, but I really want to know what your journey has been as a mom and how it's affected, uh, you know, how you approach intentional living now in retrospect too. you know, what you did then versus now. Um, and maybe if you would, if you would change anything or do anything differently. The first thing that just went to my head when you said it is just how important the women you raise your kids with are and your pearls, my pearls, my marriage, my children. I mean, you know, they mean the most to us. And so it's so important who we share those with and who we let speak into. And so I, those women, I know what you're talking about. And I know if I wanted, if I was ticked off at my husband, I know exactly who I would call. Okay. <laughs> who would just be like, you know what, Pam? No, he's, you know, da, 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 da. but I really tried to surround myself with people that I loved the people they were, the way they parented, the way they loved, the way they challenged me and encouraged me. So I would say and that's a big piece when you have younger kids is who you surround yourself with, is who you surround yourself. The other thing I would say is that I have two very different children. Okay, Jillian, like she was really easy. Okay, I mean, like the first, I mean, and she just was like one of those kids, like, you know, if the homework wasn't, you know, done two months ahead of time, (laughs) she was freaking out. Okay. And then I had Joseph, okay, the, um, and, it, and it evened the score, okay. <laughs> and Joseph was just, a com- he was so different than me. And I spent a big chunk of my time as a parent trying to make him like me. And there was a, a good chunk of my parenting when I am very honest, when he was in high school and into college a little bit, where I loved him, but I did not like him. And, and I think one of the biggest things I learned through Joseph, and I'm, and I'm so lucky I'm kind of getting a redo in some ways with him, but is um, to love our kids for who they are today. There's, he has a whole different way of living life that I am actually, I'm, I'm, I love thinking about what that would be, but I could never, ever adopt it for myself, you know, but because it's foreign to me, sometimes it doesn't seem like the right way to, I tell people all the time, like love the kid that's in your house today, because you're not going to change him most likely, but to see the goodness in that we took an Enneagram as a family, mm-hmm. uh, we took a Myers-Briggs Myers as a family personality when our kids were, um, in high school again. Okay. One night I came home and I said, this is it. We're taking a personality. We're taking a Myers-Briggs. And so my, you know, they were like, what, you know? And so we did it. And, and it was funny because we, even though we totally knew each other, now we had language, you know? And so I said, I'm this, you know, Jillian said this, my son. And the minute I said, I am this, you know, and my son goes, Oh my God, that's exactly who you are, mom. And that's why I would never be friends with you. That just says so much. I am not friends with people like you. Okay. And and I was like, same. Okay. Okay. 
But family is the place that we learn how to forgive, that we learn how to love people that are different than us. I mean, we are teaching our kids in our own family units through all kinds of different messiness how to love, you know, how to love and how to love their neighbor and how to there. And so I think the first thing, you know, we have to start with a lot of times is it doesn't have to look exactly like us to be okay. So. I really love both of those tips that you said. I'm going to incorporate those into my daily life. I mean, the first one that you even said about community, you know, that's one reason why we even started Mother Good Co. Just to have that core community, especially for moms, maybe it's a little bit, you know, too hard to get out of the house or maybe just as a supplemental community, uh, you know, uh, it, for real one-on-one interactions in real life, but it is hard just as you're saying to have that community. And then when you do have it, just as you were saying, you know, you really do thrive. Um, And then the second thing that you said about accepting people who they are, I feel like that that's really important, you know, in all aspects of life too, you know, not just your children, but also your friends, your spouse, you know, um, Harris, you know, everyone you interact with. And I don't know what it is about human nature. It just, we all just want other people to be just like us. And I don't really get it because it's not like we think that, I mean, I think most of us see our flaws and know what our flaws are. So it's funny that we would want to kind of mold and shape people into clones of ourselves, but that, you know, it's healthy to appreciate the diversity. I can really relate to that. um, One of my sister's is completely different from me. You know, I'm more type A, my sister's more type B, you know, uh, my sister is more artsy and she just takes her time doing everything. And I like doing things in a hurry, you know, so it's just, but I've come to appreciate just as you were saying with your son, I've come to appreciate her way of living. And, you know, I, sometimes I wish I could just be more that, that way, you know, just be more relaxed and whatnot. And ideally, you know, it just presents an opportunity to like learn from each other. You know, my daughter, she's only one and a half years old, but she's already very strong willed. I can tell and <laughs> has this personality. And, you know, it sometimes it just kind of drives me a little nuts that she's just so strong willed. But at the other, you know, at other times I'm thinking, wow, I, I want to be her, you know, she's, she's yeah. a little girl, you know, like I want to be able to just march around confidently the way she is. So I do not do this enough. I'm going to give you a tip. Okay. That I need to take myself. Okay. (laughs) But is to, I try to think of myself as someone that is continually in development, you know, and that not like I stopped developing when I became a mom, no, that I'm continually. And so what do I learn from Joseph? you know, about myself? What is Joseph supposed to teach me? You know, what is my mother-in-law supposed to teach me? What is, you know, you know, because um, somehow I, I just think it's so important for us not to stop growing, you know? And so if we're only around people like us, we're not going to grow a heck of a lot. Okay. So anyway, that's something I try to remember to do when I'm just like pulling my hair out, like, okay, what am I supposed to learn now, Pam? Try not to get mad at them as much as say, like, what are you supposed to learn about yourself in this situation? So. Yeah, that's, that's a really good tip. I I like that one too. Um, That kind of leads into the last question that I was going to ask is our motto with mother good as we want to encourage moms to be a good mom instead of a perfect mom. And I feel like that really incorporates into the theme that 
we've been talking about today, you know, that you're saying not trying to do what everyone else is doing or trying to have this perfect life from the outside. Uh, but at the same time, we're not saying don't try or, yeah. you know, not have that quality there. Uh, so do you, do you, either of you have an example of, I know Jillian, you're not a mom yet, but even, you know, in spiritual motherhood of, yeah. do you have an example of a time when you realize you needed to stop trying to be perfect and instead trying Try striving for goodness. I would be sad if someone described me as the perfect mother. I would be strong. I would be sad if that's how they describe my children. I would love to hear things like they're strong, they're resilient, they're kind, they're overcomers, they're um, patient. But perfect is not, it's very, it's, I mean, I hate to say, but it's counterfeit. I mean, it's just, it's not the real deal. And when we usually, I always say the Oz effect, when we usually um, go behind Oz and the Wizard of, you know, it's not what it appeared to be, you know, and, and so this elusive um, journey to, you know, to, to get to perfect is I love your thing. I love just like good. I mean, you know, if good, happy, content, peaceful, balanced, these are the words I want to hear. I, I, I hope that I hope that perfect is not a word I ever really have used in a, in a big part of describing our family too. That's so powerful. I really liked when you said that perfection is counterfeit. You know, I just got the chills because <laughs> we just all have to stop trying to be to be that way. But I know that a lot of moms I've heard tell me that one reason they do strive for that is so they won't feel judged, you know, or what that other person is going to say to say to them. But just as you were saying, we need to focus on, you know, those those virtues and the good values and try to instill those in ourselves and our children. So people will think of those instead. That's, that's really powerful. Wow. Yeah. Thank you both so much. I'm really blown away by our conversation and I'm really inspired and I know all of our listeners will be as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome. We thank totally you. enjoyed that. And we are always praying for families and just, thinking about families and just know that it's tough. It's tough. It is, it is, it is really, really tough. I think to be a mom in 2019, I mean, it is really, really tough and just know that we are out there rooting for you and sharing for you and being honest and being vulnerable and like trying to share with people, like <laughs> it is tough and it, and don't get, you know, okay to get overwhelmed. And so I just hope people took that away from today. The last thing I would, any listener is to go home and feel like not enough. I'm going to just go, oh my gosh. Okay. We blew it. Okay. <laughs> so be kind to yourself. Okay. Be kind, start with yourself and listen to your gut. God bless all of you. Thank you so much again for listening in on another episode of the Mother Good Podcast. We hope you really enjoyed today's conversation. And as a reminder, Mother Good is a nonprofit organization funded by our generous donors. So if you would like to support this podcast, please consider joining our donors at mothergoodcove.com slash give.